everyone. Welcome to Lattes Unfinished, your new favorite podcast. We're your hosts, Myra and Citra. We are back with yet another episode, and today we are focusing on wellness, past, present, and future. So we decided to split this up a bit. Myra is going to share some research she did on trends that were all the rage in the early 2000s, when wellness wasn't really even a thing the way it is today. I will take over for the 2010s and we'll wrap it all up in a nice little bow and share a few things we're looking forward to in 2023. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the ride. Awesome. So I feel like for my era, which was early 2000s, it was not easy finding things. (laughs) There just wasn't a lot of research. I tried searching, you know, wellness and 2002 health in 2002 healthy places in New York in like 2001 and I mean it makes sense not a lot of people there were people blogging but it wasn't as much as it is now the foodie era the wellness era just wasn't really kicking in as much but I did find a few things that I thought were interesting wait I guess like the only thing you could probably type in was either health or diet because wellness just as a word wasn't a thing back it then. wasn't even like diet it just it wasn't even I, I feel like that's what people were probably using but even like thinking back to the internet it just no one was really blogging about their diet tri- tips as much from NYC and it really just wasn't a thing except the only thing that took us through the entire 90s and the early 2000s was the monologue in American Psycho by Patrick Bateman. That's the only only wellness-related thing that existed. In general, I feel like... So I found... So there was a resource... Like, there was an article that I found. um, It was from wertma.agency. And it was kind of giving an overview of what wellness looked like in general from the 2000s. And that was... Wait, when was this published? It was published in 2001. Okay, got it. Okay. Yeah. So what they really talked about was the 2000s was really the, I guess, um, I don't know, self-realization of needing some meditation and yoga Mm -hmm. and things like that, especially in New York, that wasn't as common back Mm -hmm. then. It was definitely more of an L.A vibe Mm -hmm. but more so that 2000 started focusing not just on physical health but also spiritual and meditative health um that was because there was a lot especially going on in new york in 2001 and a lot of that came from post 9 11 a lot of people were stressed out they were finding they needed to find ways to kind of balance their mental health and i feel like yoga and meditation really started to kick in into the city Another interesting trend that apparently happened based on this article where there was more group classes that were starting to pop up and not just, you know, general like cycling classes, things like that, like more dance classes started gaining popularity Mm -hmm. and there were more Zumba classes opening up in the city too. So that was kind of interesting reading about that because I feel like that's still a thing, but I can imagine in the 2000s how that became really popular. I think especially in the city, there was much more of a community focus at that time, especially in, you know, 2001, 2002, just feeling like there's people around you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And there was definitely a lot of skinny culture back then, too, in the early 2000s, especially because of fashion. Yeah, can you go into that a little bit? Yeah, I actually read this article in the New York Times, and the title was The Big City, Manhattan, When We Were Skinny. And um, it was talking about how the Jenny Craig diet, and I forget exactly the celebrity's name who was on the diet, Mm -hmm. but they were talking about whether it was actually the diet that made her skinny or the fact that she moved to Greenwich Village. And they went interesting. Yeah, exactly. So they kind of went into a lot of detail around the peer pressure of New York because New York was peak fashion at that time. Everyone there was definitely really skinny. And a lot of the article attributed that to just walking around in the city and, you know, only having small bites. But I think it was definitely more than just that. I feel like there was a culture or a vibe of having that heroin chic look. 
And of course, that's definitely changed over time. And there was just a lot of pressure in terms of having this sleek New York, like very thin look. And I feel like that was definitely something we were seeing a lot in the early 2000s through mid 2000s as well. Yeah, I mean, just there were so many different things happening during that time, whether it was, you know, the music culture, um, just all these fitness classes or people just, you know, finding ways to cope. But Mm -hmm. historically, New York City has been known as, you know, coffee, cigarette, bagel for breakfast. Sometimes no bagel, right? Yeah. And I think that was still very, very true. It was definitely still the stereotype of that time. And not even a stereotype. That was just literally what was happening. Yeah. Nobody nobody really... I mean, I maybe I'm generalizing, but a lot of people probably weren't thinking about, oh, am I getting the right macros this morning? Am I yeah. getting leafy greens? Like the focus just wasn't there. It was just about eating to be skinny and eating to be, uh, you know, this certain like body type versus healthy. And it was interesting because when I was actually researching about this, it's not like fitness trackers weren't a thing at that time. Mm-hmm. They did start... There were a lot of fitness tracker apps, probably not the same way it is on our phone, but through websites and, you know, things like that. And I feel like people just weren't using it as much as we do now. So it's definitely still very different. The regular the regular person wasn't as into. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of regular person. So this was the most interesting thing I was able to find because it's like I said before, it was really hard to find a lot of information. So I didn't know this and maybe you knew this, but I always thought that Equinox Group was formed in California. However, it actually wasn't. And it was formed by three siblings on the Upper West Side in the 1990s. That, you know, I actually never looked into Equinox. Yeah. I, I figured, like, I I don't know. I just never thought of where it originated from because it's just so prevalent as the go-to. Yeah, and I it was kind of interesting looking up the history about it. So the siblings were Lavina, Dan- Danielle, and Vito Erico. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce their last name. Um, And like I said, it was founded in 1991 as one of the only upscale luxury gyms in New York on the Upper West Side. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there were other clubs in general, like other fitness clubs, but this was like peak luxury. It was their only location at that time. And it wasn't until 2000 where they really started opening up other locations. I think by 2000, 2001, they already had 11 locations Mm -hmm. in New York, but What is important about this was the fact that Equinox really did kick off that luxury, aesthetic, Mm. New York fitness lifestyle. So even in this article that I read, um, again, a New York Times article, they talked about how, you know, the founders were really focused on bringing aesthetic to the gym Mm -hmm. and they wanted to bring a more luxury lifestyle lifestyle mindset to working out and fitness yeah and I think Equinox really did kick that off and they were actually one of the first gyms to ever they were actually thank you (laughs) they were actually one of the first gyms to ever use Reiki um you know have actual like saunas and then also uh there's some other things that I read but yeah sorry going back to that I do think like I said before um they had a lot of new things that were happening within a fitness club or a gym that a lot of other places didn't have at that time, like massages, like the dance cardio classes, indoor cycling. And then, of course, Equinox then became Equinox Group, yeah, um, having almost hundreds of locations now across cities and also merging with SoulCycle and owning a lot of other um, fitness ventures. So, I don't know. I thought that was really interesting because I didn't have that background of Equinox starting in New York and then just also thinking about aesthetic gyms in general because that really opened the doors for places like The Ghost and The Remedy and um, Core Club and Mm -hmm. places like that as well. Which I know we're going to get into a little bit later today. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is actually, I mean, it's something to think about, right? There's also such a difference between New York City fitness culture now, not just compared to New York City's past, but to other cities as well. Um, I think, you know, when I think of L.A., I just feel it's so much more not I don't want to say just like holistic, but it's definitely like 
calming and like oh let's work out and be as fit as possible and have all the juices and have all the greens yeah i feel like new york city still has a very like oh i'm going to this fitness club or this boutique gym or this boutique class because it's a vibe and because i like i want to show this aesthetic i don't know like there's a very fine nuance between the two major cities uh in this country and you know the fitness culture that surrounds that but that's really cool i didn't know that either i never bothered to look into it i think that's super exciting to know it's so interesting that you say that because like i do feel like la is more about the vibes than new york and not in I don't know. It's hard to explain, but I feel like LA is about the vibes in terms of they just focus, the people they're focused on just being so carefree and holistic. But also there's very, like, I mean, you know, the whole LA stereotype is so into, like everybody's so into themselves. Yeah. And I do, I think that's where I was going, where I feel like New York's vibe is still... Um, you know, you're going to an aesthetic gym because you like having that leisure. You like having, you know, that um, convenience mm-hmm. of having all those great features. But you still have a mindset actually focused on health and not just the quote unquote vibes. Like you're actually focusing on like sculpting and like making your body better, making yourself like wanting to live longer. I don't know. I, I mean, just, so I what, just, yeah. what I meant by the vibe is you know there's a stereotype that's new york like new york city people are so on the go and there's so yeah. much more work focused yeah and corporate focused than la and when i meant like new york city people go to these boutique or aesthetic gyms for the vibe it's more it's it's like yes you want to be fit and you want to do all this maintenance but it's also projecting an aesthetic like yeah you're you're like no i'm the busy 24 hour uh you know worker and i go to the gym and i do all these things i'm thoroughly like new york city wellness yeah i i get what you mean it's, it's hard to describe yeah it's funny because i can completely picture exactly what you're talking mm-hmm. about and the differences but it is really hard to describe it's it's like in my, okay, so I'm just going to describe an image, right? Yeah. And I'm going to use, let's say, a woman in her 30s because that is what I relate to most. Yeah. But I would imagine, you know, a bandier or aloe yoga outfit, mm-hmm. dark colors, most likely black, um, super toned, going to Equinox with a protein shake or, you know, like a green juice. But the urgency in her step and in her workout is so different compared to the LA woman. And I'm just stereotyping. This is my complete stereotype. Like when I think LA, I think, oh, like a bunch of friends um, wearing pastel colored workout outfits. That's exactly what I see too. You know, (laughs) going going together for a yoga class. But like here, even Pilates or, you know, uh, yoga is like hot yoga they're just so much more urgent and so much more intense. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm just, I'm totally projecting here, but this is, this is like my vision when it comes to describing that nuance. Yeah. I do feel like, you know, going back to that, I do agree. I feel like with New Yorkers, there is definitely that sense of urgency. It is part of their routine, but again, it's just like that go, go, go. But at the same time, that is kind of part of their aesthetic yeah. and vibe. Like that's what they want to yes. portray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's so interesting. Yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I Like I said before, I really thought that reading about Equinox in general was pretty cool and just being able to kind of learn about the background and mm-hmm. how much it really did open the gates for those types of fitness clubs. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of appreciated it a little bit more, even though I do not have a membership at Equinox. <laughs> yeah, I think um, it's just so interesting to look back at the history and kind of see where how far it has come since the early 2000s especially in new york city and when we were planning this podcast this episode we talked a lot about how there again there wasn't really a wellness mindset in new york city especially for like in the 90s and you know the early 2000s until things started kicking in Mm -hmm. not 
not as a household thing right like yeah it was maybe in certain groups and for certain you know i guess like certain groups of people but not for the average person now it feels like especially when you have social media like instagram and tiktok and everybody's posting every day about their wellness and their fitness and their health there seems to be more of a connection between people it's like a it's like a household thing now like it's a household word right yeah um and or like a household name uh whatever it may be wellness is no longer just reserved for niche groups or just people in like certain cities or whatever um but yeah i think so i i did a lot of research and also i i don't think i had to do as much research because we lived through it yeah. in the last decade and especially um you know i was in college in 2010 so just seeing where wellness went in the city from then to now and how it's progressed had been has been really interesting and comparing it to the time period you covered because the last decade has been immensely like impactful and Mm -hmm. it's changed so aggressively and rapidly over the years so much because I think you were looking through 2010s through maybe up till now or a little bit earlier but yeah, I feel like even on top of my mind, I can just think of so many buzzwords yes. that and trends people were kind of adapting to at the time. But I'm really curious to hear what you found and kind of reminiscing on that. <laughs> yeah, so I actually just listed a bunch of like buzzwords and things Perfect. that really give you so much, you know, like flashbacks and uh, hot flashes thinking about this. Mm-hmm. Um, but I started with 2010. And mind you, back then, even until maybe 2012, 2013, it wellness wasn't a coined term. It wasn't something that's used as prevalent prevalently as it is today. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of the buzzwords I found in 2010 were just okay. I found P90X, the workout. Oh my god, yes, that was something I kept seeing when I was researching too. But yeah. it was definitely after the yeah. you know 2008 or whatever. But I'd honestly forgotten about it. Oh my god, like <laughs> so P90X was a thing. Bar. Uh, was a thing yeah I feel like bar has kind of dwindled in popularity in recent years because I remember one of the first group classes I took uh you know like around college or like law school was bar because I just was not a health and fitness person back then um but bar was a thing really quick sidetrack when was class pass founded I forget um I feel like it had to be around the same time because I think there was a correlation with people then trying some of those things more yeah. through like you know I guess um, programs like ClassPass. So this makes sense. ClassPass was founded in June 2013 mm-hmm. and I do think it opened up a lot of you know opportunities and I guess just focus on health and wellness mm-hmm. uh, and fitness at least at that time. But yeah, going back to 2010, it's it still wasn't a thing. In yeah. terms of wellness, the only thing I found were these buzzwords, which was like bar, gluten-free, mm-hmm. because again, back then there weren't as many options as there are now at all, whether it was for gluten-free or vegan. Uh, you know, anybody who has an who who has certain dietary needs, juice couture was a thing, pressed juice cleanses, like everybody was getting into juice cleanses at that time I do remember that it was a thing I remember because I I know that in college I started going to juice press more often after spending most of my years just eating donuts (laughs) and soda and then they started making those like cleanse bundles too yes yeah yeah it was a whole thing the 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 juice cleanse subscription or whatever was a whole thing and other than that the only thing i found were just beauty trends like you know Mm -hmm. it it and it wasn't skincare focused at that time of course you know over since like as long as time people have wanted to look younger and look good and do all these things but for the average person and what was mainstream beauty was really just focused on makeup yeah. You know, it wasn't like today where there's so much more focus on skincare inside and out. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I feel like the shift in focusing how your inside impacts your outside mm-hmm. definitely became more prominent, I want to say 2015 yes. onward. 
So that was actually going to be my next section. Oh, perfect. So 2015, <laughs> a lot happened. Mm-hmm. I think this was the turning point of wellness. Uh, and for this, I just have buzzwords, right? Every, there was activated charcoal was a thing. Mm-hmm. Bone broth, kale, superfoods, acai, chia seeds. These are things that people have eaten for years and years, but now was becoming like a, oh, look, we know about health and we can put all these nutrients into our diet. More westernized and yes. um, adapted into the norm or pop culture, I guess, mm-hmm. in that sense. But, you know, it's funny when you say charcoal mask, because I just remember your old, like, 2000s oh my god of you wearing your charcoal the mask. origins one yeah yeah it wasn't origins. even good <laughs> um so i that i found that and then glossier had launched in late 2014 mm-hmm. and that put into the gloss more on the map for the average you know consumer uh average reader i had actually started reading into the gloss much prior yeah. so i think it was interesting because they were covering so much more um you know, in advance of the time, mm-hmm. wellness, beauty, skincare things in, in general. So in, I think it was in 2015 or 2014, they had an article on IV vitamin therapy. And it was so interesting to read the comments on that article because people were like, oh, I can't believe anybody would want someone to just put intravenous, like, you know, whatever into your bodies and you don't even know what's going in there. And people saying how, oh, we don't even know if you need those vitamins. Well, nobody's going to be getting that done without a consultation. Right. Um, It's just the lack of knowledge in terms of understanding how that even works. Yeah. And just assuming. Yeah. And it was interesting because it was so new at that time. Just And this was like, what, eight, nine years ago? It was so new and so unheard of for, again, the average person who's not, you know, for example, celebrities, someone in the spotlight, someone who's an athlete, they probably were using all of these things much in advance because, you know, your livelihood, your performance depends on it. Not depends on it, but, you know, it's fueled by it. But for the average person, just it was interesting to see how IV vitamin therapy was such a new thing and now it's all over the place there's it's funny because when I was looking at some of those other luxury gyms like Mm -hmm. almost all those luxury fitness clubs have the IV vitamin consultations and it's just like such a norm now to have that in in that I guess yeah and listen I personally don't think it's even necessary unless you are an athlete yeah um but We'll get into that a little bit later, but that was that was interesting to see. So there were a lot of buzzwords in 2015 that are now mainstream for us all. Oh, and then 2017 to 2018, collagen became a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's so interesting because I remember being one of the first people that I knew getting really into collagen. And that's because I read just so many random niche like, you know, self-care, wellness uh, publications. And I was like, I'm going to try this. And I remember people around me saying, that is gross. And what is that? Does it even work? And now it's everywhere. Yeah. And what's I feel like what's worse is that peak collagen, there were a lot of brands that started kind of just using that term. Yeah. And I remember there was this drink that would show up everywhere on social media. And it was all the hype of like, oh, this is this has collagen in it and it's really good for you, which I don't know. I never tried it, but I was more skeptical about those um, those kind of brands that were t- kind of taking advantage of the buzzwords, mm-hmm. whereas instead of sticking to your core powders or your core and pure brands that really just focus on those one or two ingredients that might help. And also doing your research, right? Yeah. You need a good, if you want to... You, the research is still not entirely clear on whether digesting or, you know, ingesting collagen really helps. I think ultimately for me, I've been using collagen for several years now on a pretty consistent basis and I know how it makes me feel. And what I can say is that when I do use it consistently, when I'm working out um, or when I have a particularly busy schedule, my body just feels much better than it does without it. And I think ultimately you know, sometimes there are, there are products for long-term use. You want to make sure that they're going to be affecting you years from now or, you know, have a positive impact, whether it's on your skin or your body or your functioning, whatever. Um, and then there are products that if you feel good, then fine. And just make sure that you're doing your research before buying it. 
And exactly. That is good for you. But speaking of research, even it's funny, we were just talking about this, but thinking of 2015, it was eight years ago. Mm-hmm. And in my mind, I keep thinking, oh, that was five years yeah. ago. But I even back then, Goop was considered a joke. And yeah, it's I know everyone has so many different opinions about Goop. But I think we both agreed that it really did put a lot of women's wellness yes. on the map. And it did open those doors of kind of exploring our health and having that conversation. Because I don't think that was what was being done before. No matter what we mm-hmm. say about Goop, I do think it opened a lot of doors for that. No, I completely agree. I think, you know, people will say what they want. But it's interesting to see how when certain things that historically have been recognized or stereotyped as female oriented become so much more of a Mm -hmm. laughing joke right it's Mm -hmm. like oh Gwyneth has goop and she's all into this frou-frou wellness health whatever that doesn't even work but okay you can't dismiss the impact that it's had on overall people becoming more aware and thinking about you know whether it makes you research things more to refute her yeah or it makes you become more into it with you know be more interested in your body and taking care of yourself I don't see you know the harm there of course there are problematic things that you know about goop yeah but of course I do agree that it has put female wellness women's wellness and health uh you know, it, it's become much more mainstream and at least, you know, like making people feel more comfortable to talk about it. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think that was something I found a lot in mm-hmm. my when I was kind of researching and looking around is just how goop was perceived at that time. Yeah, especially it, when Gunnett Paltrow started talking about matcha, even though people have been drinking matcha for years. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden that started kicking into the mainstream and you see people looking and uh, looking up and understanding what matcha really is and how it impacts your health. And now it's just become so popular. <laughs> yeah. I, and I think, I mean, it, that goes into a whole other conversation about how it is kind of disappointing to see that people only pay mm-hmm. attention when it's a certain type of person exactly. who is, you know, sharing this. But again, I do think there have been a lot of positive impact because of goop and whether it just comes down to awareness yeah right like yeah. taking that enough interest even if you're a hater and you're like this is stupid what is this and then you find the things that work for you by looking into it and being like oh maybe i'm into this even though i'm not into goop you know exactly it's like just thinking oh maybe this can potentially help me and i can try it out and see yeah and again, it takes a certain kind of person to be that into wellness. I think both of us are very much on the same page in that we're very big on inside out wellness and trying all of the things, but also being not cautious, I guess, cautious and also doing our research. It honestly astounds me how many people don't do their research and get so swayed by the newest, trendiest thing. Um, and I think there's it's hard to strike a balance there when there's so much being thrown at you every day. I was going to say, there's just so much information out there. It's just information overload. And it's so easy to get overwhelmed Mm -hmm. with every single trend that's happening. Yeah. Even with fitness or skincare, a lot of when you don't take the time and it is a lot of time, trust me, I know because I've put a lot of time into understanding what works for me. um, And you know what, what might be actually beneficial mm-hmm. when you don't take that time it really detracts and takes away from impact right yeah you're just kind of floating around trying the next coolest thing just to show that you're trying the next coolest thing and that's not really the way to approach it yeah and it's funny that you say that because I feel like a lot of people approach skincare in that sense like there's so many I guess bloggers and influencers buzzwords ingredients and they just pack up on all these ingredients and all these products Mm -hmm. and it's almost too it's too excessive and it's too much and I think it creates a culture for those people who are already not into skincare to not think of it seriously even more because they're like, oh, why do you need all that stuff? Yeah. And it's that's not necessary. You really don't need you might not need all that stuff. It really depends based on individuals. But I think 
that type of culture can turn off people towards wellness and yeah. skincare and things like that as well. I agree. I think one of my biggest pet peeves is when people ask me, have you tried this new product? And for me, mm-hmm. I have a very, I've had a very consistent routine for the last few years where I switch, you know, certain serums in and out. But for the most part, I use Biologique Recherche and that's because I've done the research and I've spoken with actual professionals yeah. and, you know, estheticians who've guided me in the right way but overall I think that question itself has become so prevalent because there's so many new things and everybody wants to know am I missing out on something Mm -hmm. and two should I be trying all these new things bottom line there are going to be different things that work for different people but I think the whole attitude we have as a society right now when it comes to skincare is Honestly, there's just way too much out there. It is too much just so I think just the information and just the amount of products is so toxic and it just makes you feel like I'm not doing enough. And you're right. It really for anybody who might not be as into it, just that idea of, oh, my God, I'm missing out. It's overwhelming. Yeah. Why would you care at that point? But anyways, no, I agree. I think we're really lucky. We have a great esthetician who helps us keep it simple and (laughs) directs us to what's right and again I think for me personally it's just great that I have you to do a lot of research into (laughs) these things because sometimes I get really overwhelmed so I'm lucky I have you to try and test and then I will I will use what I need to use based on that yeah (laughs) I think ultimately it comes down to keeping things simple but I'll tie that into my uh, you know, what I'm looking forward to in 2023. Ooh. Should we go? I think this ties in perfectly. Maybe yeah. we can talk a little bit about now that we've looked into decades past and how things have developed, especially in New York City when it mm-hmm. comes to wellness. What are you looking forward to trying in 2023? And is there anything specifically new that you want to try out when it comes to wellness, whether that's skincare, uh, body care, uh, you know, health, fitness, whatever. Right. Um, So I have a few things. The one thing I want to talk about first is something I want to continue doing this year, and that is Parsley Health. So Parsley Health is a medical clinic that is focused on bettering your overall health and not just treating the symptom, but looking at your body and everything as a whole. Um, What's great about it is that it's very accessible to anyone located across the U.S. Um, And for me, it was really helpful because I was suffering from ulcerative colitis for a long time. And I'm really lucky because I work with a great medical doctor, but I did want to improve myself more holistically and just look at my health overall, Mm -hmm. as I mentioned before. And Parsley really helped me with that. So the way their program works is you fill out a questionnaire um, and it goes really into details in terms of what you've been feeling, you know, physically with your digestion, with your skin mentally as well any muscle aches you might be having so they go really into details from your digestive to your um, respiratory health and your mental health as well based on your survey results um, you get paired with a medical doctor that and they give you a few options as well as a health coach and it's really great because there is a monthly subscription fees, but you get 10, I mean, sorry, five medical appointments in the year and five health coach visits. So 10 visits total for this monthly fee. And that honestly really helped me because working with my doctor, where we were able to do more in-depth blood tests that provide you more details of your overall health. It's not just checking to make sure your vitamin D seems normal-ish. Yeah. It goes really into detail, even if your vitamin D is kind of in the normal scale, which is in the middle, but maybe a little bit lower, like trying to fix that. And I'm yeah. just using vitamin D as an example, but looking at your overall vitals too. Mm-hmm. And I think that really helped me figure out not only my hormones, but work works with my digestive health. They do food sensitivity tests as well. And we really go by need by need basis. Mm-hmm. And then I was able to really work with my health coach on the other end, focusing on my mind gut connection. Oh, wait, 
yeah, yeah that is huge mm-hmm. and i think it's funny because we kind of grew up in a household where our parents harped on this so much growing up where they would be like you need to eat vegetables you need to eat this this is so good for yeah. your mind and your gut and i think that's something that just like the world in general is coming to understand a little bit better now yeah and yeah for me I think they really helped me slow down and understand that digestion doesn't just have to do with eating certain foods Mm -hmm. it has to do with how you're what mind you're in when you're processing and you're eating and all that amazing stuff and I feel like that really changed the way I focused on my health so it was definitely something that I want to continue using. Mm-hmm. And at first I wasn't sure. And I was like, maybe this will be my one year subscription until I feel like I feel better about my UC. And that's not the case. I'm working on now that I have my UC under control, I'm working on so many other things with them. And I absolutely love it. I feel like whether you have underlying symptoms, whether you want to improve your overall health and get a more in-depth understanding of your body they're a great resource to go to and I love the I love the team that I work with I love the care managers that I work with and everyone's just there for one focus so honestly that's definitely something I want to continue yeah I did parsley for just a limited sorry (laughs) I thought I wasn't recording um I did parsley for a limited amount of time and for me I just I personally just didn't keep up with it because I got too busy, which is a whole other problem. And I I think I need to do something about that. Mm -hmm. But the time that I did have was amazing. They're very responsive. Um, Their testing, the blood test is amazing. Just like being able to see in depth what's going on and what you might need to work on. And also just their approach to nutrition and finding a way to, you know, meet like helping you meet your goals I, I mean, I started going to Parsley because I was getting like insanely bloated earlier mm-hmm. last year, like way more than just, oh, you know, I had something super salty or whatever the light, night before. Like it was just like consistent. I was like, what is going on with me? I went to Parsley and honestly, just a few months of even one to two months of getting into the habit of monitoring my blood sugar and eating certain foods earlier in the day and doing more low impact activities completely helped it, yeah. I mean, it completely changed everything for me um but I would love to go back to it just I have a lot of food things and nutrition things that I want to work on um but yeah yeah and I think going back to us talking about the overwhelmingness yes. of information yeah. I feel like they're great at balancing that because they will look at they will only focus on areas that one you want to work on Mm -hmm. but that might be you know if there's anything alarming and we want to address sooner rather than later but they don't overload you with information they don't overload you with you know sticking to these crazy diet trends or things like Mm -hmm. that they really work with you on what's best and what's doable with your lifestyle and are are really flexible to that so that's what I really like about them yeah I'm excited for you to continue your journey thank you um before I go to my next one do you want to share one of yours yes so I think kind of piggybacking off that (laughs) uh one of the things that parsley really got me when I was working with them they got me to understand better was focusing on low impact workouts. So prior to COVID kind of really uprooting my entire fitness schedule and how I used to work out, Mm -hmm. I used to do much more high impact, high intensity boxing, which I still love and I still need. But my entire daily schedule has changed so significantly in the last two years where it's really difficult to make time Mm -hmm. for certain types of workouts. And just, you know, the time that goes into doing a high impact workout showering coming home whatever it might be it's a lot it's a lot yeah it feels like we have so much time but we sometimes just don't no and I think uh just with my work schedule so parsley really wanted me to start doing regular low impact workouts and Mm -hmm. that means more pilates more just walks every day and strength training so I want to focus on that moving into 2023 and as you know, in terms of wellness things that I really have to commit to, that one would be it. It's more uh, weight training, uh, up my Pilates. I mean, I've had a personal Pilates coach for 
the last few years and it's amazing but I, I've had to cut down on how many sessions yeah. I can do and I want to up that a little bit more and do more shorter workouts but more consistently yeah and I'm excited about that and I also want to throw a shout out in here to a fitness trainer and Instagrammer we follow named Joe Holder. I love, okay, yes. Yes, <laughs> Joe, Holder. Joe Holder. He goes by the handle at Oko System. Okay, this guy has like the best fitness advice, wellness advice, health advice in a very palatable manner. And it's all so real. And he does actual research and puts it out there. Yeah. He's a Nike trainer. I mean, he's like it's just amazing I love just seeing his stories every day and it really does motivate me to be like yes I can I can get on top of this yeah I think what's so different about him versus other I guess other trainers that I've seen on social media is just the amount of thought and research he really puts into the information that he's giving Mm -hmm. to his followers I think it's really well thought out it's not just you know, based on hoopla's of whatever's going, <laughs> whatever's what? going on. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just really appreciate that about him. And I'm kind of obsessed with him. So also one thing I wanted to add is Joe Holder was one of the first people on in the social media world who has, you know, enough of an audience mm-hmm. uh, where he started really advocating for what he termed exercise snacks which is Mm -hmm. smaller bouts of exercise throughout the day so whether you do 15 minutes in the morning 15 minutes in the afternoon 15 minutes at night throughout the day which increases your you know uh just your activity throughout the day he was one of the first people who's in that more public spotlight to advocate for that Mm -hmm. and it's becoming a trend into 2023 so one of well and goods and a few other uh publications i was looking up what's you know what we're looking at for 2023 and a lot of them noted smaller exercises and yeah they're they they gave it another term but he was the literally i think one of the first people who started coining this actual term exercise snacks and i think it's it fits with where we are as a society right now. I think I can get on exercise snacks. I feel like it just sounds more doable for me yes. too. Because I don't know if I just get distracted or just overwhelmed with working out consistently for like an hour. So I mean, not that I shouldn't. I should probably be able to do that as like a 29-year-old. <laughs> but I, I think I can get on board with exercise snacks. It just it sounds more appealing to me. It's <laughs> definitely more... Uh, manageable for how busy people are and I think you know sometimes we have to adapt with where the world is going and then other times you have to take a step back and I think the balance of doing smaller workouts and then putting in a longer workout that actually makes you just turn off your mind is a great way to go it's a good exactly no I agree with you I feel like you should have a balance of being able to give yourself enough time to be able to do a 30 minute workout yeah. in the morning or whenever. But then also if you just can't do that, then it's more, you know, it's becoming more, not even just accept, not acceptable, but like it's okay to break that out yes. throughout the day. If yeah. you really can't find time, if you feel like, Oh, this is too much for me to do this morning or in the night, then it's so easy to just uh, take a 10 minute break and do like a few push ups or yes. like, yeah. Yeah. But I'm looking forward to that low impact and it'll make me appreciate my higher impact workouts, you know, more. Maybe we can do it together throughout the day. We can take like <laughs> little breaks in the afternoon, do some low impact training for 20 minutes and then get Yeah, back just do on. some bicep curls, you know. I think most lunges. of the time you're just going to be helping me get into the right posture. <laughs> I'm just gonna be like, you're not doing it right. Yes, <laughs> the form is important just being so frustrated um okay that's cool I think like I said I can get I can get on board with I don't don't know maybe it's not cool just thinking about you but (laughs) it it is a good concept yes um okay yeah so one thing I want to try is the Japanese head spa and as Sidra knows I love getting my head massage Sidra will be working on the on like she'll be working on her laptop wherever and I'll just come up to her and be like, hey, can you massage my head for like five minutes? I hate minutes? it. I will not do it. And she'll be like, ew, that's disgusting. No. So <laughs> this really appealed to me. So the Japanese head spa is called 
Masakanai is located on the Upper West Side, and it was founded by Tommy Masanori. And I don't know if I'm pronouncing the name correctly again, but I sure hope I am. If anyone knows how to pronounce this, please let me know. How, um, what's interesting about it, what about this um, salon, is that they do offer haircuts and hair coloring services as well. But what I'm interested in more is their scalp treatment. Isn't that also their specialty? Yeah, that's yeah. their specialty. So they offer, they definitely offer different treatments and services based on the problem you want to address with your scalp, whether that's buildup, dryness, sensitivity thinning and damaged hair or just relaxation but in general so like they will tailor their treatment based on you know what like I said what problem you want to address their signature however that comes at $250 helps reset your circulation provide build, prevent buildup in mm-hmm. your scalp while also addressing dryness so they use a lot of great tools as well as um, some of the products that they have to really help reset your scalp and cleanse and kind of detox and I just really need that I need that massage in my scalp you can choose from 60 to 90 minutes I would probably do all 90 minutes because (laughs) I would just love that but that's something I'm really looking forward to and I think the results are great because you're able to understand you know what's kind of going on with your hair and just your scalp in general but it also does impact your overall um I guess like your overall like face as well because it helps tighten that area too. So actually that's how we first found out about Masa Kanai is because Hannah Bronfman posted uh, about it, right? Well, I found out because of Alyssa Lenore. She went there like I think a few months before that. But yeah, these are two influencers we follow and we love. So (laughs) I just know when I found out about Masa Kanai and just, uh, you know, the scalp massage in general is because... Hannah Brofman posted how she had one done and she came out and she was like, my entire face is lifted. Yeah, it makes a difference. But do you know what they actually do during the treatment? I think there's a few different things. Like they have a, they have this certain tool and I don't know what it's called, but it's almost like this little, it's like a little brush cleanser that's powered Mm -hmm. And it'll go through your scalp and help get rid of any buildup. Mm -hmm. So I think that's part of it. And then, of course, like a massage that's Mm -hmm. really focused on kind of tightening and really draining and opening up your blood circulation in that area. Um, But yeah, I don't really know all the tools that they use and all the products they use. But I do think there's a lot of different steps that kind of go into it. I mean, it sounds so amazing. And just seeing the pictures of you know people with their like head in the basin and just super relaxed (laughs) with like the steam coming up around them what I really need right now yeah I I would I definitely would want to try that as well and honestly just thinking about how much pollution is in the city and in Mm -hmm. the air and in the water yeah (laughs) I do think it's time for us to think more about like how our hair is impacted as well and not just our face face skin mm-hmm. like your scalp as well mm-hmm. but yeah wait sorry before we move on i'm looking at their website right now mm-hmm. and they have this uh i think these are add-ons to the head yeah. spa but this tansen carbonated hair bath it's described as a unique spa experience utilizing carbon dioxide rich water to dilate the arteries this increases the blood circulation which in turn relaxes the muscles and supports hair growth that sounds so amazing <laughs> just want to go there right now it sounds amazing <laughs> I will have to report back. I think I'm going to treat myself to this for my birthday. So Please do. I will definitely report back on how I feel after. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm not sure if you want to go into your next one, but I can just do my last one really quick. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So, okay. So the next, I guess, wellness or new wellness trend that I want to try and I don't even know if this is really new is the tox so the tox is a wellness based spa that focuses on draining your lymphatic system and really detoxing your body through massage Um, I know they use a few different tools besides of course um, the regular massage they have certain technology to help sculpt and really target those areas but I think I really need that and I know 
some of, I guess, some of the body techniques that they use really help increase your metabolic rate. They help get rid of excess toxins and cleanse your colon, which I feel like that's something I really need right now. <laughs> so I'm still eating a lot of things after the holiday. So I think I can really use a nice cleanse of my body. But um, it just, it really helps just flush out all the toxins in your body. And I honestly, I don't really know how it completely works, but that's why I want to try it out. I want to see what it's about. And I know a lot of people have been going there for some time now. So yeah, I'm kind of looking forward to that. Yeah, the tox has been, uh, I think a lot of people have really... I think the popularity of the tox has increased over the last yeah. you know, like few years. It's essentially a lymphatic drainage, drainage massage. Yeah. The, the technique is, you know, you just drain your lymph, you know, your lymphatic system. Yeah. Which is, I think a lot of places do it, but I think it's interesting how tox became the place for it. Again, I think... It's more the aesthetic and the vibes yeah. because like you said, a lot of people do like have this service of, you know, using massage to mm-hmm. drain and talk, detox your body and things like that. Yeah. But I do think it's more so their own unique aesthetic that kind of makes it more appealing. Yes, to go that's, to. that's true. Yeah. It's not, you know, there's so many different types of massages like Swedish, deep tissue, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh the lymphatic drainage is something I definitely stand behind. I think a lot yeah. of a lot of people don't know much about lymphatic drainage because it sounds so buzzwordy and it's just like, oh, what is this new stupid hype thing to do? It's really not. It's just a natural, you know, thing that people have been doing for generations. Yeah, you know, that's you just, what I was going to say the, too. The way you massage your face and your body definitely helps with clearing up buildup. And circulation. Yeah, and circulation. And I mean, I did, when I'm not lazy, I did a lot of just like, you know, when I wash my face, I was doing a lymphatic drainage, drainage, drainage massage. <laughs> and it helps tremendously yeah. because when you get bloated and you get all that water and puffiness in your body and your face, there is something behind caring for yourself and using those movements and those massages to help kind of drain everything out. Even for people who have sinuses. Like oh, my gosh. Build up within that area, yeah. of your, like head and your nose. It's you're always tell, oh, just like massage that area to help clear it up. It's, it's the yeah. same thing. Yeah. yeah. It, there, we just have terms for things now. Yeah. I think this is it's nothing new mm-hmm. and it's nothing, you know, oh, wow, here's a new age thing that people are doing. It's been around for, yeah. like you said, generations. Yeah. But I think, like I said, it's more the aesthetic and mm-hmm. the vibe of the spa itself, yeah. which I want to check out. So. And they're supposed to have their own technique for yeah. making it as, I don't know, um, perfect as possible or like yeah, a dreamy they definitely as possible. Do, they definitely use like different like tools and things like that yeah. too. Yeah. But I'm excited to check that out for the most part. I actually have, it was funny that you mentioned the talks because I also have lymphatic drainage on my list. Mm-hmm. It's, I think, when I say lymphatic drainage, it's more the treatment itself, like going somewhere specifically to get a lymphatic drainage massage. I usually get a deep tissue, um, just, which again, at at a certain point, all massages are going to be good for your lymphatic system, right? Yeah. Like that's the whole purpose. Yeah. But some of these fun new places that have all these fancy treatments definitely catch my eye and I do want to try it. So you actually mentioned Remedy earlier today. Mm-hmm. I was just reading about Remedy and it's one of the new, uh, I guess, wellness spas that have opened in the city. And it's actually called, or they term themselves, the world's first social wellness club. So you can actually buy a membership at remedy and you either pay it's about 595 per month or if you want this full package that has a bunch of other things included it's about two thousand seven hundred dollars a month and it includes like cryotherapy vitamin drips massages a certain number of times that you can have all of those things done honestly i'm not gonna have the time to do any of that so some of these like memberships seem so insane to me because unless you literally are just going there every day and doing something I don't know how much it's actually worthwhile but I think it's interesting I think it's great to have that option Mm -hmm. if you are someone who's going to be going that often but I want to try 
their lymphatic drainage massage for literally no other reason but apart from the fact that the whole place looks stunning it's this super um industrial interior that they have going on yeah i was seeing pictures of it yeah it's insane yeah it's like dark and like just i don't know it, it looks very calming and i would love to go there and do their lymphatic drainage massage so that was my next one is focusing a little bit more on my body in general like mm-hmm. you know the workout part the recovery part everything because i've neglected that tremendously this last year um but that was my second one and then in 2023 i want to kind of up the ante on the tech-based skin solutions yeah you know so i've been doing for the i mean i've done microcurrent treatments led uh you know all the high tech like facials these last few years i definitely need to get more into that as well yeah it does make a difference it makes a huge difference i mean when i get a full-on rescue spa has a facial called the ionics light and then they have one called the works and both of them do they have a bunch of you know it's not just the massage but they do the led light the um microcurrent or the i don't know whatever whatever they have it's all a bunch of like fancy things um (laughs) which i do my research but i just don't remember it all right now there's a lot of terms yeah there are there are a lot of terms there but they also have this one called e matrix and then another one called secret rf Mm -hmm. and these are supposed to really uh you know i guess produce collagen and also insanely like lift your face so I want to try these but also do actual sessions so I'm pretty I've been more consistent with my facials this last year going at least every two months or so I just want to up the ante on that and do a little bit more without it being invasive and it's funny because I keep telling like I keep talking about Botox and saying okay maybe I'll try Botox this year I want to do like you know my eyebrows or just like some small uh I guess adjustments but I'm still too nervous to delve into it and make it like a normal part of my routine so I just kind of want to up the ante on the skin tech uh non-invasive to you know, uh, do that maintenance. Yeah, you do. I I do feel like it's important to prevent and focus on maintenance first as much as you can before you want to try getting Botox and things like that. Yeah, I think everything comes down to consistency, right? So whether I, I think Botox works well for a lot of people and it's less, I guess, hands on or, or less. I mean, it is a commitment, but it's not a daily commitment. Mm -hmm. So everybody's very different. And I think at some point I will want it because there's a lot of stuff that, you know, no matter how good the tech gets, there's just some things that Botox does that a lot of things can't, right? Yeah. But I just don't think I'm there yet. Yeah. No, I I know what you mean because I was considering getting lip fillers for this year and Mm. for a long time too, but... I'm scared of fillers. I know. It is is scary, but I don't know. I think I will end up waiting um, and not doing it as quickly or as soon as I wanted yeah. to. Um, the last thing I do want to say on that note, though, is getting facials is important. I think sometimes we focus too much on just making sure our skin is clear on the surface. Yeah. But when you go to a facial or you get a consultation, it is important to see what's kind of going on in the deeper level and in, in the deeper level and not just the surface of your skin. Um, because that tells you a lot and it tells you where you should be focusing on. So I do, I, I agree. I feel like I need to kind of amp up my facials as well. No, it makes a huge difference. I can't say how many times and, you know, in the past people would be like, wow, your skin is glowing. Meanwhile, I go get my facial done and they're like, you know, surface wise, you're good, but you're dehydrated. Mm-hmm. The dehydration is what contributes to, you know, lack of of collagen or like your face starting to sag a little like it's so important to know what's actually going on underneath it's important if you want it to be important right yeah. we are people who who care about that yeah um but i do agree i think for anybody who wants a more you know i guess really thinking about preventative and future how you want to look uh if your looks focused then yeah a, f- a regular facial makes a huge difference you never you don't even know like your products could be building up 
you know underneath your skin like you need to have a proper facial to address those concerns but well yeah like i said it's like those products might be helping on the surface level but you don't know what's going on kind of deeper and how that might impact you later in the future yeah but yeah really quick speaking of rescue spa and remedy and remedy yes I and parsley too and parsley I (laughs) want to talk about how Flatiron has kind of become our wellness hub in NYC and for people who are not from New York City or aren't familiar well uh, Flatiron is like the southern middle part of Manhattan Mm -hmm. uh, in the middle literally (laughs) like not on the east end not on the west end and that's as simple as I'm going to keep it yeah yeah. Um, what's interesting is when I was doing research and trying to find some wellness trends from the early 2000s, I came across this article from Inside Hook, and they basically talked about how in the early 2000s, Flatiron was kind of kind of approaching this tech era mm-hmm. where um, people at Silicon Valley thought Flatiron will be kind of like the Silicon Valley of New York. Interesting. <laughs> Which is obviously, I mean, I, I don't really know. Maybe there are still some more tech companies there. But I personally think that's not what it really turned no. out to be at all. Yeah. And what was interesting in this article is how it talked about that the fact that it really became more so the wellness hub of NYC. And there were a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of fitness gyms and also wellness spas that open around there. But someone might think, oh, well, you know, that's just common in New York. There's so many gyms in New York. There's Mm -hmm. so many, you know, spas and things like that in New York. But what was really interesting about these gyms that were opening up is that they're more inventive and forward thinking. Yeah. So... In the article, the writer talks about some of the, um, I guess, gyms that they tested in the area, which Mm -hmm. included Burn, which was a a high-intensity training, refrigerated rooms, um, workout class. (laughs) Is that like you do cryotherapy or something after you work out? No. So it's basically a high-intensity training that happens in the refrigerated rooms, which are chilled at 50 Ah. degrees or below. So that I found interesting. Um, They have like the Mile High Club, which is Mm -hmm. basically, you know, a lot of working out and treadmill running through music and neon lights and things like that. Yeah, it's like a treadmill soul cycle. Yeah. And then, of course, we have so many wellness spas there as well. There's, like you said, Parsley, Rescue Spa within, all within a few blocks from each other. Isn't the well... The well is there too. The well is there yeah. too. Yes. And now remedy. <laughs> yeah. The, I can't count how many quote unquote wellness spas have opened up in the city. And by wellness spa, what we're talking about is these these are like large spaces that not only do facials massages but they do the iv treatments they do high tech whatever is needed for your health and well-being mm-hmm. i think some of them even have you know like meditation and uh, mental health support basically you could spend a whole day there and do like a full-on inside out body routine basically and, you know that's that's what is meant uh to be but there are so there's like a new one popping up everywhere and a lot of them are focused in flat iron and it's just really interesting because they talk about this in the article as well but how even the um i guess the shopping scene really features a lot of athleisure yes. there's lululemon there's Le- nike there's bandier um there's outdoor voices so new balance is there aloe yoga yeah yeah So it's just really interesting to see that we do kind of have a little wellness neighborhood in in New York. And not that that's not unexpected, because like I said, there's so many of these services Mm -hmm. across the city. But it's just interesting to see this one specific part of New York that's just populated with some of these services. Yeah, it's also very much more, I guess, I don't want to say just millennial, but, you know, like, younger generation I guess focused because obviously there are spas and every you know all these boutique places uptown and there are places in Tribeca Mm -hmm. and Soho but what you see in Flatiron is completely it's its own little world in terms of wellness like I could go 
if I wanted to and I didn't have to, I don't have to stay at like one place all the time I could go from like rescue to the well to um you know within or whatever for my, all these different things like you said like do an entire body yeah. cleanse from head to toe yeah in within that one neighborhood which is amazing but also a little overwhelming and I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think sometimes like I get so I again I like trying new things but I'm also not I want to take that back I don't I'm not a huge try new things for the sake of trying new things person yeah I want to be at the forefront of what's going on and understand it before I actually try it and determine if I need it Mm -hmm. whether it's a facial treatment or a body treatment or a nutrition treatment whatever it might be Um, but you know that even for someone like me who's very into and interested in overall quote-unquote wellness and self-care and beauty it does get a lot and there's so many of these places now and I'm like what why do I why do I need this (laughs) again it's just making choices I guess having choices that are more purpose and intent driven when it comes to your body and wellness yeah 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 but I don't know maybe we'll maybe we'll find uh ourselves at remedy in a month or so and being like this is great (laughs) I would love to go there and try it out But yeah, again, like a lot of the things even that we have for, you know, new quote unquote new things we want to try. Again, they're not necessarily new. It's just also more so, you know, going somewhere where we feel comfortable and having that aesthetic and that vibe as we touched earlier in this podcast. (laughs) So, yeah. Yeah, it's an it's a build on everything we've been doing. Yeah. You know, and I think it in your late 20s and 30s, you kind of up the ante a little bit and push it a little bit further than just a skincare routine and just a facial. Um, and I am excited for that. And I'm, a- I am excited getting more in tune with my body and, mm-hmm. you know, caring for myself in that way. It um, feels nice to care about yourself. It does. Yeah. And I think and we have, attention. yes. And we have so many, so many resources around us to, to help with that. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why I love New York. There's just so much out there and it's easy to get to. <laughs> you get distracted. I know. I do. So distracted. We all get distracted though. Mm-hmm. Like I'll be walking by something and I'll be like, yeah, I want to try that next week. Why? And then I'll forget because there will be something else. Yes, <laughs> exactly. In the meantime. Um, but yeah, did you have anything else on your list? No, I think that's it. It's, you know, inside out. what's inside out I'm just kidding anyways well that wraps up our second episode we really hope you enjoyed it Um, please feel free to follow us on Instagram at lattes.unfinished until then we'll see you later bye